0: Hi, this is Steve. In act two of Giant, the Benedict family must face what all families face, the inevitability of change. Children grow up and refuse to conform to their parents' expectations. War comes, and along with it, great tragedy. Gushing oil wells bring even greater wealth, but that wealth only serves to deepen the ongoing conflict with jet rank. And beneath all of this family drama lies the inescapable reality of race. A reality which Big Benedict must eventually face with his fists. Giant is a powerful, sweeping epic that still has a great deal to say about Texas, family, race, and America itself. We have a great time talking about it this Friday on The Cinephiles.
1: That there papoose down there, his name Benedict too?
0: Yeah, I come to think of him. It is. Hello and welcome back for part two of our exploration of Giant on the Cinephiles. My name is Steve Morris. I am a filmmaker and directing instructor in Los Angeles, California.
1: Hello, everyone. I just got off riding around the uh, Riata Ranch. Uh, my name is John <laughs> Roca. I am a voiceover artist. Uh, occasional actor, I guess I had to throw that in every once in a while. I just booked a voiceover gig that yeah. I did. Uh, and uh, writer, producer, host over at Collider Video. And um, as I said in the first part of this movie, a massive fan of this film. Yeah. And let's. A let's, giant fan. Hey, gi- what?
0: <laughs> Shall we jump right back yeah, in? Yeah, please. Let's do it. So we're back, and now Jet is working on those oil rigs. Yeah, he is not just one oil rig and not just two oil rigs but there seem to be a lot of oil rigs whole bunch of them he's a go-getter that jet and bick is not pleased and the first thing that he is not pleased about is stop using my ranch's name
1: yeah don't call it little riata and it's all makes it almost makes it worse yeah jet texas is a Brilliant name! It really is. So that is the
0: uh, on the commentary track that's yeah. on the DVD. One of the people on it is George Stevens' son, right? Who was twenty in his twenties, helping out on the movie. Oh, nice. That is his one contribution. Oh, no. Jet Texas. It's Not brilliant. in the book. He came up with that name. So brilliant. It's a great name. Yep. And there's something shocking when you first see this Jet Texas sign and then you see these tanker trucks is how modern they look in comparison to, we were kind of in the old west. I mean, we saw yeah. cars, mm-hmm. but now we see these modern sort of, I think we're in the 30s or 40s, we're in the 40s now, yep. and we see these tanker trucks- uh, and Progress. It, yeah, and we come back into the house, and the house has been updated too. It's white. It's totally new in its design, and we see that influence of Leslie. Yeah. Um. And inside the house, we meet the kids. All the kids all
1: grown up. They're all grown up, yep. including
0: Jordy, who is Dennis Hopper. Yeah, nineteen years old. It, it,
1: looking at him is just crazy. It's fascinating how much work he got at such a young age. Man. Oh yeah. He wasn't like a kid act. Like he wasn't growing up at eight years old, nine years old, ten years old. He, he blew up and he's in so many movies around this time period in his life. It's really incredible, man. Yep. Westerns, yeah. Uh, modern pieces, Whole whatever. Of, yeah. He it's it's so funny cuz
0: most of my thought of Dennis Hopper when I think of him, sure, sure. is I think of him in the Post Easy Rider Apocalypse Now all yeah. the, that career. But in fact, he is a big 1950s and early 60s career. Oh yeah. as a big actor. Yeah. And he wants to talk to Mom. Mm-hmm. And while he wants to talk to Mom, uh, One of the daughters, I think it's Judy, yeah. wants to talk to dad. Right. And they each have something that they want to get. Right. For Jordy, his thing is, I want to be a doctor. Yeah. I, and he, what he says is, oh,
1: Mama, I'd die for Pop if I had to. Your father doesn't want you to die for him. He wants you to live for him. Because
0: dad wants him to run the ranch. Right.
1: Still wants him to ride that horse.
0: Yeah. I again it's a thing I've never understood is like the father wanting the son to follow in their footsteps. That's old school shit. It's old school. My dad never wanted me to be an optometrist. <laughs> you know? <laughs> You better fix that, And I lentils. definitely, I, if my son says I want to be in the film industry, I'd be like, no. Yeah, right. Exactly. Please don't. <laughs> I mean, I would support him if he really wanted sure, to, but sure. I don't want him to want that. And, and the thing is, he, you know, as Jordy says, there are 50,000 people that could do this job better than him. Yep. Um, including old Bob. Yeah, including old Bob. Um, and then later that night, we're, we're in bed,
1: and now they have separate beds. Well, and we shouldn't skip over... Uh, Judy is asking uh oh right, right uh Leslie to intervene on her behalf with uh, oh no it was asking uh Bick to intervene on her behalf with Leslie on her college on her on her yeah. college on the yeah. college she wants to go to yeah. and the man she wants to be with right which is Bob Bob yeah um and so now we're later that night we're in
0: bed and this conversation's come up and it starts with them talking about, I wonder if we love them enough to do what's really right for them.
1: I mean, they're both trying to manipulate each other, which is hilarious. Totally trying to
0: manipulate each other. Yeah. Um, and they start talking about sacrifice. And of course, they're both agreeing. Yes, sacrifice. This oh, is yes. a good thing. Yeah. Because they think it's just their play <laughs> yeah, and not right, the other exactly. person's play. And the first one that makes a move is Bick, And he says, Judy doesn't want to go to that college in Switzerland. She wants to go to University of Texas or whatever it is. Oh, and- uh, no, Texas Tech. Texas Tech. Thank yeah. you. And that's where they have the best animal husbandry course. And... Leslie is against this idea, and she goes. That's because she just wants to be around Bob.
1: It's, this is this is fantastic irony, isn't it? Like this is a woman that was headstrong. It is headstrong. It does what she wants. But her own daughter, taking after her, yep. making her own decisions at just around the same age that right. that Leslie did, going off with B- uh, Bick is somehow. N- less valid. In not cool. Yeah. It's hilarious to me. And, we forget things as we become but older. she does accept it. She does eventually relent, yes. Pr- 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 pretty quickly. I and then think.
0: turns the light off. And quickly. then turns the light off. In anger. Yeah. And then goes, but, and I think she realizes we can't see the wheels turn in yeah. her head because it's dark. But she goes, wait a minute. Yeah. All right. I just agreed to a thing. I have the best weapon. And she brings up the idea of Jordy wanting to be a doctor. Yeah.
1: He wants what?
0: Bic is not pleased. Yeah. He says, over my dead body. It's so funny because like in my Jewish upbringing, anyone who said they wanted to be a doctor, everyone wanted that. <laughs> That's just like the best thing to want to be. Me saying I wanted to be a, a director. They're like, what? Yeah, You want to do what? And then she brings it back. This would be a big sacrifice. <laughs> and mm. it's sort of check and mate. Yeah. And then he turns the lights off. <laughs> And, but he still says it doesn't matter. Wherever he goes to school, he's going to come right back here, and he's going to run, run Riata. Sure. These lies we tell ourselves. Yeah. And now we have a crazy shot of a whole landscape of oil derricks. Yeah. I mean, this is... And Jet is in a meeting. He's in a suit and tie. Mm-hmm. He's got a mustache. Um, and what do they want? They want to get some oil rigs on Riata. Yeah. And I guess I was kind of wondering what the business of this is, is that there's sort of some lend-lease mil- uh, mineral rights with the, you know, you still own the land, but you're getting a percentage off the oil or something like that. Right. That's, what, uh, that's what they want to do. Um, and then that night, he's in a cool, fancy car, and he rear-ends some dude, and the dude gets out of the car, goes, what's going on? And he just punches him. Three times, three times again. This classic three time, video. the classic three punch move. <laughs> um, which, is, if you can survive those three punch moves, Jed is dead. Basically, yeah, that's <laughs> all he's got. to win. <laughs> uh, well, and he kind of needs people to either be completely surprised or having someone else hold them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do we see next? Is a newspaper that says that he's endowed a hospital <laughs> and uncle. <laughs> Uh, What's his name? Uncle Uncle Bolly. Uncle Bolly goes, well, what's it done now? (laughs) So they clearly already know that this is this thing that he does. Phone rings and Luz. We now meet our young Luz, which is Carol Baker. And she answers the phone. What else has she been in, Carol Baker? She was in a lot of stuff. So she's another, but I can't tell you. I don't don't have have a list. Uh, This is her first movie. She was in the actor's studio with James Dean. Oh, wow. Yeah. She's great in this. She's really good in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um uh are you looking it up
1: yeah let me look it up because
0: okay. we keep talking yeah um and so she answers the phone and of course it's jet rake who she's talking to
1: yeah um my god she's in kindergarten cop i think she's the mom of the villain really in kindergarten cop i oh think my god. that's her um wow so she, this woman kept acting until in her until 2003 wow that's mind-blowing okay um, and, uh, she gives the phone to Bick and
0: mm-hmm. we know what it's about is jet wants to do some oil drilling on the land. And Bick says, this is a cattle ranch ends the phone call. And uncle Bally says that is the most expensive phone call you ever had. <laughs> That's right. Costs you a million dollars a year. That's a million dollars a year. Yeah. Again, I'm not prideful either. If someone wants to give me a million dollars a year to have an oil rig, even after he
1: flirted with my wife, I'd probably still take the million. Yeah, uh, you know million dollars a year i know man's got to make money i'll take a million dollars a month i'd rather have that situation Ah, i don't know what your wife has to do to get that um so
0: um and late at night there's a car in front of the house yeah there's judy and bob and we're as they're kissing we're hearing about pearl harbor
1: yep uh which is weird (laughs) and they turn it off yeah, instead I'm, of being like aware of it or afraid of it, they turn it off. I mean, it is two weeks later, I guess,
0: but still, it's about Pearl Harbor. And then, but she says something about like I'm going to lose you. Yeah, uh, and this is all really strange. Seeing it as I did for the first time in thirty plus years. Yeah, they go inside the house, and I go, "What's going on?" And they go upstairs. They go into a bedroom at a humana. They close the door, and it. I go, "Are they sneaking in to have sex?" And then. It's daytime, and the camera is staring at the door. Yep. And the door opens, and she comes out in her nightgown, and he comes out, his shirt's a little unbuttoned, and we hear, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And I'm going like, did they just have sex? And now everyone they're just walking out to everyone? And then a moment later, we hear, oh, it's the honeymooners. Right, right. So they've, in fact, gotten married. Yeah. And it's another off-screen wedding, but it's a really weird kind of moment. And we have a big Christmas celebration downstairs. Yep. And we kind of hear that, uh, you know, the, I guess they eloped or something. Is that yeah. the impression yeah, that you yeah, get? Yeah. yeah, because mom didn't get her big wedding. Mom says it. Yeah, yeah. Mom says it. And then in comes our old oh, old is. Mexican gentleman who's Polo, mm-hmm. um, who's really 35. And who does he bring with him but Sal Mineo. His grandson, yeah. His grandson in a in an army uniform.
1: Who is the same child that uh, uh, Leslie saved. Yep. Yeah, the and baby. the same
0: kid that rode, that, uh, that rode, the, horse. rode the pony. Right. He sparkles in this movie mm-hmm. and he I really wanted more Salminio. Uh-huh. I really, really wanted more of him.
1: He's another one with tragic early death. Yeah.
0: As well. Yeah. yeah. And he's also with James Dean in yes. Rebel Without a Cause. So we have Calls. both Dennis Hopper and Salminio mm-hmm. in both of these movies. It's just really weird. Yep. Um and we hear that he's the very first soldier from uh the village that is yeah. you know, the first guy that enlisted in the army. Mom is not happy. No. He's very sad. And Leslie, again, always classy and says, you know, I wish all of us the war ends quickly and that you return safely. Yeah.
1: And let's not gloss over this point. This is very interesting because George Stevens is making a statement here. He's making a statement. In my opinion, he's making a statement. And that is, all these rich white people celebrating Christmas. Absolutely. Here comes the Mexican kid who is going off to fight for, for your country. rights. Yeah. For This kid was born here, yes, but born to immigrant parents and immigrant parents you talk down to, that you, that big uh, talked down to, that Lu, Luz, Luz talked down to, they're sacrificing their son to go fight and defend this country that is uh, uh, kind of shit on their parents, kind of didn't treat them well, kinda, you know, they have to endure that kind of stuff, and they live in squalor. Yep. And they're the ones going to die. None of you fuckers are going to die, uh, except for maybe Bob, but really Bob is probably taking care of the whole time. Uh, uh, he's don't going. Worry, don't you don't have to disrespect Bob. Yeah, fuck Bob. <laughs> <laughs> no, fuck Grandpa Joe. But what I'm saying is, like, he, he uh, you know, this was a very powerful moment. I thought, and George is great in these moments within his movies. They're powerful moments, yet they're subtle. Yeah, you catch them if you if you're looking for. If you can catch them, they're there. If you don't catch it, you don't have to. But it's there.
0: Two things on this. The first is. It's great again that this is all changed. Yeah. You know, and that we don't have armies made up by poor people and immigrants <laughs> sure anymore. Right. Um that's one thing and the second thing is man for most of American his history, rich people have had ways of getting people to fight for them. Yeah, of course. You know, whether it was college deferments or whether it was mm-hmm. in the Civil War being able to pay $200 and then you didn't right. have to, you know, like this is something that has happened throughout history. And we're even going to see it a moment later in this scene, which is that Bob is drafted yeah. and, and Bick is going to say, I bet we can get you out of that. Yeah. And Bob says, I don't want you to. Right. But right then, you know, and, and, and I'm I'm really glad you brought this up. It's a really, really good point. Yeah. Um. The, the way
1: we define what America is is really weird sometimes. Sometimes people are a bit delusional or don't want to give credit because they want to believe in this uh, this uh, fallacy uh, of American exceptionalism. Like, I'm not trying to like, – I, I believe – I love my country. I fought for my – I serve my country. God yeah. damn it. I also was Latino and poor and yeah. served my country. So I've done my time. But And I, so I say this. Like this country, I love this country, flaws and all. But I will never walk away from recognizing the flaws, and I will always celebrate the greatness of this country as well. So there is a way to exist in the world where you understand both the good and bad of that which you love, just like you do every single family member you have or the person you love and spend the rest of your life with or your kids. You understand their flaws and they're good things. It's not negative to speak about the flaws. So you have a full rounded picture of this, you know?
0: Well, and looking at one group of people who live in America and were born in America yeah. and say they're not American and I am American, yeah. that's messed up. Right. And we don't have to go any further no, no. In it, on this. Anytime you want me to come on Outlaw Nation and talk about <laughs> immigration, I'm I'm ready. I'll make a date with you. Sure. Because um, I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> in um I'm sure and I know you do. Yes, I um, do. And uh, Jordy, our De- Dennis Hopper, is sees he's got a present from Dad. Yeah, <laughs> opens up this card. It says it's from Dad, and it's a nice big cowboy hat that is way too big for his head. Yeah, you know, between this and the little kid looking at the doctor's implements, yeah. it's not subtle no. about what the the symbols in this movie are. Well,
1: I like how they puts so on the hat, and the hat doesn't fit. Yeah, it's just perfect because that's it's the it doesn't it's, fit. It's it's not a good fit. It's exactly correct. Yeah, and in walks
0: what is going to be a good fit, which is Doctor Guerrera. Yeah. And his daughter, it's his daughter, I mm-hmm. think, whose name is Juana. No, no, uh, she's, uh, uh, she's trained assistant. Assistant, okay. She, she, I don't know if she's training to be a nurse or what it is, but she's helping out somehow. Yes. And I love the moment they go to shake hands and they get a shock. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, again, this is a love at first sight movie. Uh-huh. This is going
1: to be what it's going to be. And also, you know what's interesting about her brother? She looks like uh, Latina Elizabeth Taylor. Hmm. I she has a that. vibe to her, like a combo of her and Eva Gardner. Hmm. It's certainly a combo. So she, so you get like that sense that you marry your mom. That's kind of there, real deep in the subtlety of that moment. Do you opinion. think? And maybe this was just the DVD I was looking at. Yeah, that they darkened some of the skin. I don't, I don't want to, to be honest with you. It's probably true. I, it feels I like. Don't want to say it's true, but I'm sure it was fucking true because her skin doesn't seem naturally yeah. right. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um. So, um, they went to the Seth Rogen school. I don't know if you heard that story recently. No, yeah, he he he's producing a film and they had a kid, they have a darker kid in the movie, and his stand on stand in is lighter skinned, so they blackened his skin more. The black stand in, the light, the lighter skinned black kid stand in, and this became a huge deal on Twitter, and so he said, I'm sorry, we shouldn't have black... Because essentially it was applying more... Essentially applying blackface on a black person. And so they were just like, no, no,
0: no. I don't. I might have to push back a little
1: bit. Please don't.
0: Well, the thing People is, like our show, I'm just saying that there's a technical reason why you're having a stand-in. Sure, is but that then you go need, get a stand-in. that's dark. Well, yeah, that's what I think. That's what I. Think. That's what. Yeah, I mean, but it's like, well, so you're going to fire the kid because his skin is they too didn't light. Fire the kid they went after set. No, but if you said if you say that we have to get a kid with dar- darker yeah. skin, then you're going to fire the no, kid with the No, Don't lighters. hire the fucking kid in the first place. I mean, this is the thing. The point of a stand-in is be able to set lights and have them balance exactly right. Exactly. And if they, and so you need someone. That's one of the jobs is to have exactly the same height,
1: the exactly. same hair color the same skin color right and you put them in the same costume right yeah so the casting assistant because they ain't gonna be the main cast who hired this stand in yeah i don't should have been fired off the fucking set yeah all right okay but we digress <laughs> but we digress about uh it. bick is drunk darkening skin yes
0: <laughs> um oh, super drunk on his tea he's it's got a lot of bourbon in it it does um there's a lot of drinking in this movie by the oh, way yeah we have a lot of we haven't even gotten to jet rinks. oh drinking. jesus christ um uh he is drunk He's talking to Jordy, and Jordy is trying to tell him, I want to be a doctor. And Vic is saying, You're going to run this ranch. Right. And Jordy, I love too that he's like, You know, that your blood pressure's going, that booze is making your blood pressure go up. Yeah, I nice um, enjoy that bourbon. And Vic is insistent, You're going to, when you're done with college, you're going to come back to the ranch. Mm-hmm. We need to produce beef for the war. And Jordy goes, Well, they need doctors at the war. Um, and in the end, he just says,
1: No. And he says, I want to be here in Texas. Sam yeah, Yacinto, yeah. I think he says. Yeah. He goes, I love Texas just as much as you do, Dad, but I want to serve her in a different way. Yeah. Nothing I wrong think with that's that. That's great. And then he walks out. Yeah. And in comes Bob. Oh, Bob. And
0: Vic just turns right on to Bob. He really does. And he sits him down, <laughs> and Bob's kind of nervous. Like, why is this mm-hmm. my new father-in-law talking to me like this? Yeah. And he says,
1: Bob Dace, look me right in the eye. You could never be anything but a rancher. Could you? No, sir. It's my boy.
0: And Bob's response is, somebody else thinks I could. He's like, what, Judy? And he goes, no, President Roosevelt. Yeah, President Roosevelt. <laughs> and he pulls out his draft notice. And basically what Bick says is, well, okay, you got. if you got to go do that, you got to do that. And when you come back, he's essentially saying you're going to run the ranch. Right. Because he needs one of his sons to run the ranch. Yeah.
1: Is Bob going to run the ranch? Nope. Why not? Because they, uh, her, him, and uh, Judy want to have a place of their own, want to have a little, small little ranch of their own, something they can build on.
0: Yep. And so Bick's got nothing. He's got nothing. Who's the real person who should really take over the ranch? and hell
1: Yeah. Yeah. But he's going off to die in a war.
0: Do you think that Bick, if he didn't die, yeah. Do you think that Bick would have accepted this guy? Yes. I think so too. A
1: million times, yes. Because he let him ride that pony, right? He and because him. his son marries a Mexican woman. Well, this which, is, that's another which point. Which eventually, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's a
0: great moment at the end where Vic says,
1: Keeping it together all my life for him. battle mesky, dust, wind, and for who? I might just as well give it back to the dirty Comanche."
0: Which is messed up on cer- certain levels. So many levels. I, th- I mean, there's a weird thing of like, you're building what for posterities? Yeah, yeah. What, yeah. what is the point of... Half a million acres and 50,000 head of cattle. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot. You know, to go like, this is the family tradition. You must take over. The- like, I'm going to build this huge thing so I can enslave my children to it and have uh, them enslave their children to it. Yeah. You know, that that's just a strange way of thinking. And there's a knock on the door, and who comes in? Jet Rink. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. A nice suit. A nice... Didn't even know it was Christmas. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, and and there's a weird flirty moment yeah. with Luz where you're starting to go what's that about yeah it's a little weird it is weird yeah and we get into you know what the country's going to need petroleum for
1: the war yeah and bick says okay he gives it because he because he has no one else to give the ranch to yeah. what's the point what's he been holding on to And there's this weird moment where where uh,
0: uh, Jet got given a little little gift, and he pulls it out as we're having this conversation, and it's a little tiny miniature slot machine. And he spins the wheels, and it comes up three bars. Mm -hmm. And now we got a montage of even more oil rigs (laughs) all over Riyadh, all kinds of money. Yeah. And that money leads to a nice pool. Yeah. And now we're all saying we see the next evolution of this place and we're all sitting by the pool enjoying that good oil money. They make a joke about the oil tax redemption, which was a big deal. This is the crazy thing of like, you have suddenly gotten millions of dollars a month coming in. You know what you need? Big tax break. Exactly. Ridiculous. <laughs> um, uh, but they're certainly happy about it. Yeah. And what do we cut to? A church. Yeah. And a wedding ceremony. And what's interesting is the way they shoot it, they shoot it really tight. So you cannot tell who's at the wedding. Yeah. We know that it is Geordie marrying Juana. Yep. But we don't know if mom and dad are there or anyone for
1: that matter. And they aren't. Yep. Once again, another clandestine wedding in the Benedict household. Yep. Like this? Judy, We didn't see Judy get married. We didn't see uh, Leslie get married. And we don't see Geordie get married. But we do see Leslie's sister get married. But that's the only marriage we see. Well, we do see, well, we see Jordy get married. We're yeah, in the but Mexican, not, but, sorry, tr- but nobody else sees. it. No, but that's what I mean. That's yeah, what I yeah. Mean. yeah, yeah, yeah. We, the audience, see
0: it, right? Um, soldiers come home. Yeah, uh, that is the Marfa School marching band that's playing for oh, the soldiers. Oh, oh that's good. Cool. Uh, Bob jumps off the off the train. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't see on hell. Mm-hmm. We go to a party by the pool. Yeah, um, is it? Is it Luz that's doing the dives? Yeah, Luz doing the. dives. Luz is doing some dives mm-hmm. off of a high dive, mm-hmm. and Jordy Luz comes part in. Two. Yeah, Jordy comes in with his new wife very nervously and talks to Leslie. And I love how this is done because it's all done in silence. Yeah, and you see her not quite understand what they're saying, mm-hmm. and then realize that they're saying we just got married. Yeah, and then you see her react to it. Have a shock first, total shock, and then embrace, it. and then embrace it because she is gracious. Yes, she's a classy person. Now it's time to go talk to Bick.
1: <sighs> I, I don't think this is cool. What they're doing? Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think Jordy's being a bit of a jerk here. Totally. Hey, because if he was proud of his marriage, he would have got married in in, no. in in secret. And second of all, to go in the middle of a huge, a huge party? party to no. first announce it to his parents in a in a loud place, so that they can't make a scene. Right, and, and then-, then walk up to
0: the mic. <sighs> yeah, no, it's not cool. Announce it. I mean, I think we both are. Proud of Jordy
1: for sure. marrying this woman, sure. and that's awesome. Yeah. But he does not handle this well. No. He's yeah. an idiot. Yeah. And he's a purposeful idiot, too, thinking he can do this and throw it in the face of these people so that he's righteous. And well, you that's know what? terrible. This is – but this is – I actually think
0: – I completely agree with you, and this is really good to have in the movie because this is another true character. Yeah. I have seen the truth, and the, this racism thing is wrong, and therefore I'm going to aggressively – Right. You know – you know, not give people time to adjust to it. Yeah. You know, Jordy's right. Yeah. But the way he's doing it is not cool. I agree. Yeah. Uh, and he does. He stands up there and makes a big announcement about his about his new wife. Yeah. There is a lot of reaction. Yeah. Bick is not happy. No. Luz does a back flop yeah. off that high dive. Playful black flop. Um, flop. And then we see a newspaper article that says hell is coming home today. Yeah, man. And, of course, you think that he's... Oh, good. Yeah. He's going to come back. Maybe he's going to... Run the ranch, ranch. Cut to coffin yeah. covered with a flag. That is that is really sad. Yeah, totally. it's amazing the impression that Salminio makes in five minutes of screen time. Yeah, just has that face, man. Yeah, amazing. Cast and directors, know. Your yeah. wife knows. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's some some people just got it. Yep. We're at another funeral. Yeah.
1: He was the first ray at a baby I ever saw. Remembered as if it were
0: yesterday when I picked him up. And there's this really odd thing at this funeral when we're out at the cemetery mm-hmm. is there's this kid that's sort of in the distance all alone and he yawns because he's kind of bored. Mm-hmm. That is a, such a real just sort of life thing to mm-hmm. cut to. I, I think that was a really interesting choice. They move the take the flag off from a coffin. I so remember, by the way, in Boy Scouts when I learned how to fold an American oh, yeah. flag because yes. there's this very specific way that you're supposed to fold it. Yes, there is. Um, and we hear a train whistle in the distance, and they give the flag to the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's rough. Um, I hear the mom cries, and Bick, who's there in a white suit, he gives his Texas flag from his house to the family.
1: That's huge, man.
0: It is. It is, because he he cared. I think, I, I think Leslie's changed. I mean, I think you're right that Leslie's changed him. I think this has changed him yeah, too.
1: Absolutely. You know, he's he's grown. Um, what happens when you get older, man? When you, be, and this is truth, like. You're not as headstrong as you get older, man. You, st- you start to soften about certain things, and you start to mm-hmm. see the perspective and have wisdom. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, right. Yeah. Certainly, Bick does. Yeah, I think I think he's he's getting there. Yeah. I don't know that I'd ever call Vic Bick a
0: wise man. No. I think he is gaining some wisdom. Sure. Yeah. And now there's another little baby. Yeah. Bob and Julia's little baby.
1: Which Bick is so happy for. Yeah. And then and there's then, another little baby. And then. And that baby has much darker skin. And Big is not so happy for and
0: yeah. at least initially. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he's ever that happy about that kid. No. I think he has come to accept that that kid is a Benedict by
1: yeah. the end of the movie. But I do think in the future, he, he will be very proud of that child. Probably. And now we get an invitation. And he'll run the ranch. Well, Someone's got to. Yeah, exactly. Uh,
0: we get an invitation. Check oh. break. He's going to have a big party to open up a hotel and an airport. That's how rich this guy is now. El
1: Imperador.
0: Yeah. Um, Again, this is this thing. You are a racist, but you give your hotel a Spanish name. Yep. Yeah. Um, And the question is, are we going to go? Luz wants to go. She wants to get a very specific kind of dress. Luz is a little spoiled. Luz is a little freaking spoiled. A little? Yeah. Well, it's and not just spoiled, because she says she wants a dress that is simple and deadly, and she promised Jet she would go. Mm.
1: What is her agenda here? Yeah, well, clearly she's fascinated by this bad boy. Yeah. And he is older. Yeah. And he's had something of a relationship with his parents, with her parents. So there's a rebellious thing in, in maybe messing around with him. Yes. People do this through life.
0: I'm not know? saying they don't. Yeah. The weird part about it to me is that she's announcing it to her parents. Yeah, which is her headstrong ways all learned from Leslie and Bick. Yeah, but Leslie wasn't announcing that she's no. going to marry, <laughs> her, that she's into one of her parents, not only her parents'
1: friends, but right. one of their enemies. But Leslie overtly ignored her parents setting her up with that, with the Rod Taylor character and ran. Ran and run off with the bick who just showed up two days before. That's true. So they all have their own ways of doing sure. things. Yeah. But Leslie's not happy.
0: No, not at all. Yep. Uh, and she describes Jet as dreamy, like a rough diamond. Yeah. <laughs> and then we hear no, like rough, uh, a rough rhinestone, which I think is funny. <laughs> and what we kind of find now, the judge who had been helping to manipulate Jet to sell that land for twelve hundred dollars is saying that he's written this big speech for him, and there's a
1: son of Texas.
0: Yeah. And that he's going to, I mean, they're crowning this guy king. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know that they're angling for this guy to be president of the United States or not, but it sure kind of, I mean, like, this is what it seems. That's super scary, man. Yeah. Um. And then this is the question. Are we going to go? And Bick doesn't want to go. And then he says, well, you're going to be the only family that doesn't go. Yeah. And Bick goes.
1: We're oil rich, just like the rest of them. So we'll go like the rest of them. Only better. Now you're talking like my father. The old Benedict spirit. Bless you. You set up one of your grand weekends. Invite everybody. We'll take them all down there with us. Yeah, we'll show that so-and-so who's top people around this part of the country.
0: And there's this great moment where he starts to do a, like sort of a swirling plane fly. Yeah. move, And Bally's playing on the organ. And now we hear the rise of the plane noise. And then we cut to these horses running across the, the plains of Texas. And now we're up in that plane with Bick looking out the window it's a really nice sort of transition yeah and it's weird how time passes because now we're you know we're in a big plane like the the, we we've moved into the present day which is you know you know the 50s and we're we're at the sort of hotel and airport and the plane comes in for a landing and people are coming out and there's some hollywood actress named lola or something and we're getting out of the plane and we see uh we see Jet in his fancy, fancy car mm-hmm. And who we don't see is Luz mm-hmm. And then we spot her Because she's the queen of the parade yeah. Oh man, that reaction is priceless
1: <laughs> Hey, isn't this terrific? Look at Luz, she's queen of the parade Well, you didn't tell me
0: And clearly neither Leslie nor Bick nope. Knew that she was going to be the queen Of right. Jet Rink's parade Good lord My daughter,
1: queen of Jet Rink Day What is this?
0: And, and usually we think about Bick being sort of the stubborn, emotional one. Yeah, Leslie's not pleased. No,
1: because she knows how dangerous Jet is.
0: Yeah, and 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 I think this as a you know as as a parent they're going like, we thought we raised this kid to be smart, yeah. and she is not acting smart. Right, she doesn't get what's happening, and we and we gave her her own you know yeah freedom because we trusted her, and we purely have made a mistake.
1: <laughs> We've made it um, there.
0: John, I can't tell you how excited I am about the Cinephile's new sponsor, an absolutely incredible game, Marvel Strike Force. Now, anyone who's listened to the show knows that I've been reading comic books since I was five years old. And this is like a comic book fan's dream come true. You could create a mobile squad and play as your favorite Marvel characters. I mean, everyone is there. The Punisher, Vision, Black Panther, Cap Thank you so much to Marvel Strike Force. We're very, very excited to have you sponsoring this episode. And uh, we get into the hotel and we're in some big suite and we're waiting for all the kids to show up. We don't know where Luz is and we don't know where Jordy is mm-hmm. and Juana. And it ends up that Luz is sitting in a dark kind of restaurant all alone mm-hmm. with Jet Rank in a booth and he is drinking. Yep. Honey, there's anything you want.
1: You just say it, and you got it. All right, I'd like a Coke.
0: This scene is a, is a great scene.
1: Yeah, and trying to insinuate what he wants from her, and she is not 100% biting. This is when the relationship starts. Do you, It feels like they probably were seeing each other. Maybe nothing had physically happened, but there was an exploration. Yes. And Jet's not the kind of guy. It seems like that would be overt in his physical advances, certainly his verbal advances, but maybe not his physical advances. And in this whole time, in the scene, he's like, you know, well, you could be the first wife of Texas. You could be this or that, but she turns it down. She says, "I'm flattered. Any girl would be flattered." Well, what's weird is he never quite says it. That's what I mean. He's always talking around it. Right. He says,
0: you know, girl like you can do this. He says, um, get married.
1: Get your man to give you what you want when you want it. So? So, if I was you, I'd start thinking about getting married. Well, that's an idea. You look like the queen that prayed today.
0: And then he takes his glasses off, and then he kind of sidles a little closer to her. And he says, you could be the head lady of the whole part of the country if you married the right man.
1: Well, why don't I just announce it tonight? All them thousands of people out there just sitting listening <laughs> all of Texas <laughs> boy would not blow the roof off <laughs>
0: now this big there's going to be a big speech and it's going out on radio mm-hmm. and he says, why don't we announce it tonight now he hasn't said what announce it is yeah 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 he is talking around it he doesn't quite have the guts or doesn't quite he knows that this is really wrong. And so he's hoping that she'll say, Yes, I'll marry you before he has to say, Will you marry me? Right. And she kind of says, wait, is this a proposal? And and uh and he says, does it sound like one?
1: (laughs) Oh, after a fashion, but not quite.
0: And and he says, What do you want me to say? You want me to say something you can laugh at? See.
1: Yeah. That's a window into him. Yeah. All the money in the world still the insecure kid who feels lesser than the rich people. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the key lines in this is that he says, What I want to say is I think you're a wonderful girl, and I do think you're beautiful. I think you're fascinating to me, and I've always been looking for a girl like you.
0: Who's he really always been looking for? For Leslie. Yeah. Yeah. And he and let's be really clear, he's drunk. Yep, and drunk in the in a, in a way, like I think Luz is confident in her ability to deal with whatever is coming her way. Yeah, and I don't think she really knows what she's dealing with. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I and she survives this, but this is actually like, Jed is not a trustworthy guy. Yeah, you know, and she leaves. Yeah, yeah, and. There's just a great reaction from James Dean as she, as she goes away and he drinks some more mm-hmm. and he's drinking at that level where when you're pouring whiskey down your throat, Ugh. like it's water. Yeah. You know, this is a, and what the other thing we haven't talked about is big storms coming in Yep, because he opens the door and big, huge storm comes in. And at the same time that Luz is walking out on jet, Jordy and Juana are arriving at the hotel Yeah, and the guy at the door, he doesn't want to let him in. No. Because Juana's not supposed to be in this hotel, and he says, "Well, we're the Benedict's," and they right. go, they they get in, and Juana really wants to go to the beauty parlor because this is a very very fancy event tonight. And she calls the beauty parlor and she says, "Do you have room for anyone?" I, and they and they say, "Who is this?" And she says, "Oh, I'm Mrs. Benedict," and they say, "Oh yeah, we're fine. Come right down." Right.
1: Which is fascinating to me because she has her Spanish accent. So I, I was wondering about that. too. Yeah, right? how did they not know she was going to be Latina when she yeah. showed up?
0: Yeah. Um, and there's a big party in the suite, and it's all of our people sure. that, that we've seen throughout this whole movie, all drinking and having a good time. Yeah. And Bick and Leslie are getting married. Are getting <laughs> Bick and Leslie are getting ready. And uh, Juana goes down to that beauty salon. Yeah. And she walks in. There are two ladies working there. Mm-hmm. There's nobody else there, and she says.
1: We're all booked up. I just called. I'm Mrs. Benedict. I'm sorry, but we're busy. Yeah, they'll take one look at her. These two white women take one look at the Mexican woman and say, oh, we're full up. We're too busy. Yep. Mm-hmm. And she says, I'll wait. Yeah. Yeah. And she does. She says, I'm Mrs. Benedict.
0: I'm Mrs. Benedict. She I just it. called. Yeah. Um,
1: And so she sits down to wait. Bick and Leslie are having a fight. Yeah, shocking. which is great. A great fight. And this is where <laughs> Leslie says to him, when she throws that thing she says like, I've had enough yeah that is decades in the making that yeah. throw and said you know blah 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 and of course the makeup again
0: right <laughs> I think they I mean clearly they they like these little fights yeah and
1: they, they've kind of hit a rhythm some couples are built to you know they, they it sparks something
0: within them to have those little and forth. um and of course right when they start kissing because they like to make up after little fights in comes Jordy. yeah and there's a baby crying and Dick is still drinking more, mm-hmm. and down in the beauty parlor, in walks a blonde. Yep, nice white lady. Yep, we can take you right away. Yep, yeah. I uh, I really wonder about these two women because they they were told by Mister Rink that they are not allowed. They will get fired, right? They do, but this. it's the zealousness right. with which they carry out the duty that is disgusting. It's, yeah, it's awful. Yeah. And so Wana calls up to her husband, Mister. Well, you stay right there, honey. I'm coming right down. Downs a martini on his way. Yeah, he comes right into that beauty salon, and he is he's powerful in the scene. Yeah, you see some Dennis Hopper that's going to come later on. Head, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Good point, Steve. Yes. Um, <laughs> when he throws that the uh, vi- oh that uh, glass uh, uh, container of stuff at the Jr. that's there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then he grabs Juana and he goes, we're going to go find Jet Rink. And this is where I think he's going too far because he's devaluing her too by dragging her all over the hotel to confront Jet for his own issue. He never he never checks in with her and goes, honey, what do you want to do? He gets caught up in his own idea of masculinity and goes to try to confront Jet
0: Rink. I totally agree because I, I, I think that's a great point because what are you doing? Yeah. Like, what do you think is going to come of this? Who the fuck do you think you are? I I understand that you're a, you're pissed. B you're totally right. Yeah. Fair. Absolutely. Right. But this is like the guy who owns the hotel surrounded by security guards. Who's about to make a big, huge speech on radio. Like you're on his property. Like you, you can't, this is not how to make this fight happen. Yeah. I think, you know, it's, it totally relates to the wedding announcement. It's like, yeah, you're correct. It's just the way you're handling it is not necessarily (laughs) the right way to handle this thing. Um, and Jed is standing out in the rain, looking out at the pool, just yeah. getting pummeled by the wind and the water. Yeah. Um, and up in the suite, uh, Lush shows up looking beautiful. Mm-hmm. And they want to talk to her. And she's like, must we? <laughs> <I'm> like, yes, <laughs> we have to talk to you. <laughs> um, uh, and the lightning is hit. And the power starts to go out mm-hmm. and they just start mooing like steers <laughs> yeah. as they finally kind of make their way out of the out of this place to go uh, to yeah. go down to the big party. Yep. And back with Jet, he's studying the speeches and the wind behind him and the palm trees is going crazy and no one's paying any attention to it. Yep. Jordy and his wife are marching through the wind and the rain trying to find Jet. And we get to the party. Yep. And there's a speaker there who's kind of warming up the crowd and making some jokes. Yeah. And at this big party, and finally the doors open, and in walks Jet. Yeah. And his entrance is great. Yeah. This, you, the drunkness, the proudness, the sadness. He raises his arms sort of in triumph. It is such a, he, you know, again, he's just electric every time he's on screen. Yeah. And just as he's getting up towards the stage, who comes in but Jordy and Juana? Yeah. And Bick sees them, and Leslie sees them, and, and Jordy walks right up. To Jet,
1: you me down here to insult my wife, and you're going to answer for it. And what's Jet's response? You're the one that married the squaw. Yeah, mm-hmm. terrible line. Yeah, horrible cocksucker. Get him up, Rink. Everybody knows you got this coming to you. Jordy, no. Get him up, Rink. Just go.
0: And what happens? The guards grab yep. Jordy. Yeah. And what do we see from Jet? That three punch combo. Three punch combo. Man, oh. I got the guy grabbed. Three punch combo. Yep. And then. Who gets up next? Oh, Bick. Who's been waiting to
1: kick this man's ass yep. once and for all? And he says, you want it now in front of everybody? He stalks like an old lion. Or do you want to come outside? Yeah, I love it. He stalks like an old lion right to the center of
0: the ring. It's funny, too, because looking at them, there's no sense in in any way that Jet can fight Yeah, this is going to be a fair fight, yeah. And they say, okay, we're going to go outside. And he tells the guards to sit down. To Jet's credit. To Jet's credit. Yeah. And as they leave, they introduce the senator who's going to (laughs) introduce Jet, which is (laughs) very strange. And we end up in this storage room. And, and I love that as they walk in, a cat scurries across the room, <laughs> which apparently also happens in Shane with a dog. Oh. Uh, which I didn't remember. And Bix kind of go and get him up. And you see Jet's sort of drunken yeah. attempt at raising his fists. And and finally Jet, he, you know, Bix stares at this guy who's drunk and wavering. And he says, you ain't even worth hitting. Yeah.
1: Jet, you want to know something true? We see you're, some
0: you're all through. And he turns his back on him. Yep. And then in what I will say is the most tragic moment of the film, he picks up something and throws it at their, they're in like the wine cellar Mm -hmm. at this huge shelf of booze knocks this entire shelf of booze over, which goes into another shelf and another shelf. And I'm picturing uh, thousands of bottles of fine alcohol being destroyed. And like this movie has become a tragedy to me. Um, and of course they hear it upstairs at the party. Yeah. Um, and Big Walks out of him, and what does Jet do? Starts to drink again. Just keeps drinking. I think it's vodka. What he's drinking. I think at that point, it's yeah, clear something, something clear or gin. Yeah. Um, and
1: then back yeah. up at the party, Jet walks back in, mm-hmm. and this whole time Luz is embarrassed by her brother. Oh yeah, by her dad. It's their all behavior is
0: horrible, and in and her mind, how could they? How could they humiliate me? Yeah, and, humiliate and me. Jet, right. this great guy like this, and Jet gets up on the stage yeah they hand him his speech and he tries to stand can't even get out of his chair and then he passes out passes the f out right there on the and desk. just and and this is my note at this moment that was some crazy good acting yep
1: what james dean does in this moment is just it's amazing the Whole film, man when when bick confronts him in that storage room yeah the look on dean's face you know Acting is reacting, right? That's what they said. It's listening. Yeah. It's, and he's reacting. Bick is all fired up and he's ready to go. And Jet knows he's no match for Bick. Right. It never has been. Right. And in that moment when he's looking at Bick, all of that goes flooding through him. The realization of what a pathetic person he's always been in comparison to Bick, and he finally accepts it, which is what that half smile on his face is. is, this, is like, it's almost just like, all right you win yeah you're right uh yeah and it's it's such a great great, like you said great moments of acting that he does throughout this whole movie man what's sad is that i I agree with everything you said about how he feels
0: yeah but he's jet is an amazing person yes is that he's a self-made man in the way that bick is not you know and so like he and and yeah he's a smaller guy than bick which by the way makes it more interesting than had you cast robert mitchum you know, in the I, role I thoroughly agree. You know, because then you would have had two big guys. Yeah. And that's a different kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Um uh, we're up in the suite and uh Jordy's decided he's gonna just go home because this storm has hurt people and they're gonna just get in the car and drive. Yeah. And and Bix going, well, why drive? We can fly you back tomorrow. And he doesn't want to spend another night in this hotel. Right. And and then we get into this thing of like, no, just don't let this upset you too much. Try to forget about it. Well, oh, go ahead, you forget it. Me, I'm gonna remember it. And and then there's this moment where Bick is trying to comfort him and trying to be nice. And he says these things where he says,
1: You knew what you was doing when you married in that direction. Yep. Yeah. Which isn't which is a father's right to tell this kid the truth. And he is. He's saying you knew what you signed up for, you knew what was gonna happen. You for you to walk around raging against the world for something that you knew you were walking into. Doesn't make sense. And that's all Bick is telling him to do is just calm down, take it easy, roll with it. Not saying you agree with it and accept it. Just don't fly off the handle all the fucking time about it. It's it's funny because it all goes to the way people express themselves. I
0: remember uh, my grandmother would say, you know, these people that date like an African-American, they're just in for a lot of trouble. You know, which is what Bick is saying. Sure, and she, in her mind, wasn't saying anything racist, right? Because what she was saying was true. Which, yeah. of course, it is. And when my wife and I were going to adopt, and we we're doing open adoption, and we we're looking to match with a birth mother. Yeah, we put on our form any race. You know, because mm-hmm. you can choose. You can say I only want sure. this, or you know, you can make these choices about what you'll accept. And we said any race because it didn't matter to us. And my grandmother really didn't like that idea. Oh wow, yeah, she said no. That's you should. You shouldn't do that. It causes a lot of trouble, you know, and and then Bick says this thing. He says,
1: I told you then that I knew Wano was a mighty fine little gal. But when you and she got married, you was asking for trouble.
0: I don't think Jordy likes that phrase. No. You know, because what what Jordy sees that Bick doesn't is that he is always looking at through the filter of his perspective about that about mexicans yeah and he can't escape it even when he's trying to be nice yes and when he thinks he's being nice it's even through that prison yeah and the thing that jordy says that i like is he says big tells him he's looking for trouble and that lots of people are going to have these bad attitudes yep. and and jordy goes i know these people we run into them before what i'm concerned with is the people that ought to have known better yeah like my own father boom
1: yeah and he calls him out he says you didn't go down there he well, now hold on a damn second. Aren't I, I, I the guy that stood up? To, who was fighting Jeff? Yeah, you know? I was down. I stood up for him. But he said, no, you weren't standing up for my wife. Who were you standing up for, my wife? No. No. No, because your son, Jordan Benedict, the son of the long, proud line of Rietta, got knocked right flat on his back in front of all Texas. That's why. Once again, you wanted to put me back on that horse while I was crying in front yep. of everybody. Yeah. Now, what do you think? Do wh- Why do you think Bick stood up? Because right, it's his son, and I don't think it was about the uh, his uh, daughter in law at all. I think it was about his son, and I think it was about his uh, the fact that uh, Jet Rink. He, he's tired of Jet Rink getting the best of him. I think there's ten reasons he's standing up to sure, Jet Rink, fair. and I think that the, that
0: that Wana is at the bottom of the list. Yeah she's last yeah i think number one is he wanted to punch jet ring his whole time yeah, mm-hmm. i think this is the opportunity i think you know yep. hit you know jet ring doing the three punches on him after flirting with his wife yeah it's not like he's let go of that right you know he's got a lot of reasons to want to do this
1: and also messing with his daughter yep yeah
0: oh oh my god yeah of right. course and th- and speaking of his daughter Luz is still
1: upset. So upset.
0: Yeah, by how that you humiliated him. Oh, you're jealous of him.
1: I don't know if I can show my face around these yeah. people. If it. I
0: could apologize to him right now, I would. <sighs> yeah, and they tell him no. He was just plain drunk. Tonight was important for him.
1: Was, I know. Yeah.
0: yeah, and and she doesn't believe that. She's like, oh, he must have been sick. Right. It's like, look, you were sitting, eat, watching him drink. Like, um, and she's asking, do you know where he is? And finally, Uncle Bali says, I know where he is, honey. Come along with
1: your Uncle Baldy, and Elizabeth le- or oh, Leslie lets it happen. And I love his line here, Uncle Baldy. I've always had, so had a, I've always had a strange power over you, mother. Yeah.
0: So they head down to the ballroom. Yeah. And all the servants, all the people working at the hotel, they want to clean up. Yep. And They're Jed is still kind of passed out up on that dais because they want to go home. Yeah. And his handler or whatever is just going.
1: <laughs> what do you say, dollface? About ready to come along with your old pal now
0: because he's dealt with this before. Yep. And and, and James Dean just kind of swings an arm at him. And Luz and Uncle Bally are looking in through the door. And finally, the, the handler guy says, oh, just leave him alone. Mm-hmm. You know, he owns the place. You can enjoy it. And then Jet starts to give a drunk speech. Yep.
1: Ladies and gents. Ladies and gentlemen, distinguished guests. I... Right. I just want to count the blessings that this great domain has bestowed upon her humble son. Oh, man. It's an interesting speech, because it begins, and you're like, oh, this could have been a good speech. When yeah. it begins... Then it goes off the rail. And then he realizes the lies he was going to say in that yeah. speech, which is how he's a proud son of Texas, and then he yeah. gets into, what has Texas ever given me? Blah, blah, blah. And then says the thing that he uh, that's really powerful is that he... Starts to ramble on about Leslie and how much he loves Leslie. And Luz sees that. Yep. And now Luz realizes that she was basically a stand-in for Leslie. For Leslie. And that is insulting to her. And it breaks her heart. Mm Mm-hmm. And and they slowly leave She closes the door. She closes the door. Because she wants to respect him at least a little bit.
0: Yep. And James Dean falls down over the table (sighs) and stumbles onto the floor unconscious.
1: Dude, I'll tell you, man. That motherfucker he could have he could have been he is one of the greats. he could have left an incredible legacy if he had stayed on this planet. so here's the
0: thing. this is the last scene he shot. yeah. this is the end for him yeah. and um they had made a deal with him during he he had just started to get into racing cars yes yeah. and uh, and the studio had made a deal with him like you're not gonna race any cars until you're done shooting. <laughs> And so he goes, okay, and he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they, they were shooting this, by the way, these interiors, they were all shot in Los Angeles. We're right. out of Texas now. And he he wrapped this, shot this scene. And then he had a car race up in Salinas that he was going to race his brand new Porsche Spider. Mm-hmm. And um, George Stevens said, now you're going to ship that Porsche up there, right? You're going to put it on a truck. And he goes, yeah, yeah. And then a buddy of his convinces him to drive the Porsche up. And so it's like a day or two after he shot this scene that he's driving up. At night. At night. Guy pulls in front of him, he slams into him, and he's killed. Yep. The word goes down back to the set, Mm. and they're all on, they're watching dailies when someone comes in to tell them James Dean is dead. Wow. And they're still shooting the movie. Jesus. I mean, that's how close this was. Yeah. And what's really, really sad that's not james dean's voice in that speech no no you're right it's it's looped because they didn't have good audio on him yeah. not surprising that james dean mumbled it yeah and they were gonna have him loop it but he died so the guy named nick adams came in and, and did it um and, and then you can tell yeah and then uh rock hudson and liz taylor they still had one more scene to shoot which we're gonna get to in a minute yeah um after james dean had died <laughs> yeah um so we're driving home Luz is in the back seat not happy no. we got Bick and Juana uh and Leslie are all driving up mm-hmm. uh Uncle Bolly's in the car and guy in a cool roadster kind of pulls up next to him Luz she brightens up right away
1: <laughs> she's not gonna be too bad that's what happens man yeah everything is so world ending when you do at that age and then it just it changes
0: real quickly overnight And then Bic's hungry, and we see a nice roadside diner. It's like Sarge's Diner or something. And let's pull over and get some food. And he's kind of saying, that's it for the highfalutin stuff. Yeah. Let's not go to these fancy hotels. We're playing folk. (laughs) He thinks it's going to be better here. (laughs) He thinks,
1: nah, salty-earth people, they know what's up.
0: What's so funny is this, I mean, on some sentence they are salt of the earth people because ride horses and they are out in the, in the plains and working with cows and doing a physical job. Sure. on the other hand, you own a half million acres of land and you're the richest people anywhere around and you are oil barons now. So you're not exactly salt of the earth, (laughs) but that's what they want to do. They go into this diner and immediately, as soon as they walk in, there are looks at Juana and at the kid uh and the waitress looks up at the cook who is sarge yeah and sarge comes over and man this line is you know they're kind of talking about what 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 do we want and and little Jordy, because of course this is now Jordan Benedict the fourth or something right, right he wants ice cream
1: ice cream I thought that kid had won a tamale
0: oh man <sighs> mm. what what's wrong with people i really just don't
1: like this is a little kid man like yeah. and his mom well of course those are the, the racist people like to step on people they think they're above yeah yeah and, I don't and think, they'll be the boldest against the people they think they can kick their ass i
0: don't think bick is quite picking up on it yet he's still kind of going hey how's the fried chicken and we've seen this place a bunch we never kind of come in before mm-hmm. and, and and finally sarge kind of Says, okay, give them what they want. Yeah. You yeah. know, like, oh, this is your grandson or something. And right. Like, right. goes, okay, give them what they want. But then the door opens, and in comes another Latino family. Very sad. Like an older man. Older man. Dude. Humble. <sighs> and I, 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 I'll ask you what you think. I think they knew that this was a risky place to walk into. Oh, but they are hungry. I mean, th- these are long drives. You drive 100 miles. We yeah. need to get some food. We yeah. need to use a bathroom. Yeah. You know, maybe we can, because the way he holds out his money,
1: yeah, the way he's kind of like, hey, I've got money. Let well, me. because he's just like he's a simple person. He's yeah. just like, here, let me pay. And like, here, I have money. Like, I'm not a cheat. I'm not going to run out on the check. Here's the money ahead of time. Yeah. So you know I'm good for it. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Sarge goes. You're in the wrong place, amigo. Come on, let's get out of here. Vamos, Sandale. Andale.
0: It's just awful. Yep, and he grabs them physically and yeah. starts to take them out. And yeah. Bick stands up. Yep.
1: Hold on a minute.
0: And this we waited the whole film. I mean, it, you know, it's like I'm not the biggest Bick fan, right? But he does change. Yeah. There is no question about it. Yep. And and he just says, I would appreciate you being a little more polite to these people. Mm-hmm. And what was he on Leslie about at the very beginning of the movie? Yeah. Don't treat, don't be so polite to these. Yeah, people. yeah. And that is now what he's doing. Yep. And then this is what I don't like about it, is he says, I'm Bic Benedict, because he thinks his name means something. Right. You know, like, you know, and he even says something like, they asked, does that mean name give you special privileges? And he kind of is like, yeah. Yeah. He does.
1: That there pet poos down there, his name Benedict too?
0: And it's funny, because Bic kind of has to think about it. Yeah. He goes, yes, he is. Which is his final acceptance of his child. Yeah. the grandchild. And what Sarge says is, "Look, I'm going to serve you guys. You go back and sit down. But these people are out of here." Yeah. And again, he gets physical with the old man. Yeah, man. And Big grabs it and pushes him. Yep. And here we go. <laughs> you know what i compare this fight to <laughs> it's not at the same scale yeah 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 but it reminds me of the quiet man fight oh which is the okay. two big guys just going at each other big huge haymaker after haymaker yeah getting knocked down and you go oh the fight is over
1: no it's not over to me, I have another reference point. They live the oh totally Roddy Piper and uh, David Keith or Keith can, and David. Yeah, can we do that on the cinephiles? I, that would be a fun guilty pleasure to do.
0: Uh you know what? It, I, it's not that I still want to do Escape from New York sure. as the next John Carpenter, sure. but but They Live is a something. It's something. We, I bet we'd have to beat off guests who'd want to come on. The I show to talk my about. guess is that that anyone who is listening to this they probably would rather be listening to They Live. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) That's a
1: good point. Maybe, maybe.
0: Maybe. We could could do a survey. (laughs) Sure. Um, uh, Yeah, and they just throw down, and you see all the reactions, particularly from Leslie. Yeah. And it goes back and forth. There's a lot of time like, oh, I think Bick might pull this one out. Yeah. He does not pull this one out. Right. He finally, after a really valiant effort, gets knocked down. Sarge pulls a... Uh, A a little plaque off the wall that says we reserve the right to refuse service to anyone Mm -hmm. and throws it on unconscious Bick.
1: Yeah. Let me ask you something. (laughs) Please do. You hadn't seen this movie in 30 years. Yes. Did you remember this moment from the 11-year-old? So when you see it this time, did you think he was going to win? I didn't know. I, I literally kept going back and forth yeah. because that's the way the
0: fight is structured. Yes. There's a moment where Bick stands up and you go, like, you think he's done and then he's not done. And mm-hmm. then he, he gets a haymaker on Sarge and you're like, oh man, Bick's going to win. Yeah. And I think
1: it is great that he loses. Yeah. I think that he is a fantastic lose. choice. Yeah, This film has bucked expectations the whole yeah. time. For it to give in to expectations right at the penultimate fight, would have really uh, uh, undercut the power of the film. Yeah. So him losing is symbolic in this way. If he's been America through the whole film, which is what my contention is, this desire to fight against racists, he's never going to win the fight fully. That is a great point. I really like the way you put that.
0: Yeah. I think that is really on the money. I had not thought of it
1: that way. I it's about that the no, and then what Leslie tells him in the That's car later. Think, yeah. If you want to get to that, Leslie tells him in the car later. Yeah, back home. Right. We, we ended up back oh, home. Oh, yeah, back home. Sorry, back yes, home. yes, yes, yes. With, and, and, the, with the meat on his eye or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah.
0: And by the way, this is the scene they had to shoot after James Dean oh, died. This, they, had it, they had it like a few days later. Because you got to,
1: you know, show must go on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so- by the way, I want to say one last. Thing. I'm sorry, Steve, before we jump. Uh, I meant to, uh, uh, I, I didn't want to miss this point. Um, the Yellow Rose of Texas that is playing yes. while this whole thing is happening. Now, obviously that was used in the Civil War for the Confederacy. But the original lyrics uh, are minstrel lyrics. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, and I want to see if I can find them here so that I can be accurate in how they're read. Yeah, uh, Earliest known version is from Christy's Plantation Melodies, number two. There's uh-huh. a yellow girl in Texas that I'm going down to see. No other darkies know her, no darkie, only me. She cried so when I left her that it like to broke my heart, and if I only find her... We never more will part. She's the sweetest girl of color that this darky ever knew. Her eyes are bright as diamonds and sparkle like the dew. So the fact that a a song that was taken from Plantation Melody is playing here because it was adapted and it was was changed to uh, Soldier to replace all the darky with Soldier and co-opted, in essence, colonialized uh, by Texans to use for to, to show their love of their, their state that is playing while this fight is happening over racism is very, very powerful move by George Stevens. Once again, subtlety is important here, but powerful subtlety,
0: you know, that's crazy. I never knew any of that, and I never knew because now hearing those lyrics, it's like, oh, the meaning of the word yellow is yellow as it was used to describe a light skinned African American, yes, as a racist term, yes. You know, there's the expression high yellow. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I never knew that that. And it's so this is what mm-hmm. is so crazy about history and our country yep. is we got all this stuff that we
1: do that we don't know where it came from. Mm-hmm. You know, that is so bizarre. Well, that 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 missing verse from the national anthem. Oh, that's, yeah, that's very racist that no one wants to fucking talk about. Yeah. It's there. Listen, once again. If you're listening and you're upset at what we're saying, we're not saying we hate them. We're saying you have to understand the history of something and you can still love it. It's not about using it to hurt. It's about using it to understand so we don't repeat the mistakes again. And that's what's important. That's the logical way to look at things. And so when people get upset that we get, oh, too political, we bring this stuff up, it's important to talk about it. You cannot separate politics from film many people were influenced and used the medium to express change in this country remember this film is 1956 yeah and we're still grappling with racism well it's,
0: and it's incredible you know if we if we don't want to talk about if we want to talk about this film, we have to talk about racism. Yeah. It is and I'll tell you something That's else. The good point Steve. You know, and we cannot talk about Giant without talking about that. Yeah. And I'll tell you something else. If we do do they live, we have to talk about politics in that one too. Exactly. Because yeah. that is a movie about consumerism and wealth and yep. it's a metaphor for all
1: sorts of stuff. Exactly. So um So is Total Recall. Yeah. So is Starship Troopers. Yeah. Hate to break it to you, people. Listen to things. Go to Starship. That is absolutely. Oh my a god! Yeah. Social film. Yeah. Starship Troopers. Yeah. Not a great film. No, no. <laughs> we, I don't, we won't do I don't need do to it. do that one. Yeah. So they twenty five years later. Twenty five years later, they changed the lyrics with soldier replacing darkie. She's the sweetest rose of color. That's how they changed it. Wow. So. Um. Anyway. So we're back at the house. Yes. Back Apparently, house. Luz has run off to go to Hollywood. <laughs> sure.
0: Yes. Why not? Have fun. <laughs> go ahead. And we're kind of alone. And we get this really nice moment. As we yeah. kind of hear what's happening to all the kids, and they're all doing stuff that is not what Bick wanted. Yeah, you know, Jordan and Juana are going to move permanently over to the village, and you know, Bob and Judy—they're doing their thing, and Luz is going off to, uh, to Hollywood, and yeah. and Bick has this moment of just feeling like a complete and total failure. Yeah, and then he says this interesting thing to her. Well,
1: I suppose I wouldn't mind it too much if she wanted to pack up and go back home for a spell.
0: It's that word home again. Yeah,
1: home. Where do you think I've been this last breathless
0: quarter of the century? <laughs> That's a great moment. It is. Yeah. This is one of the sweetest scenes, man. It really is. Yeah. And she says, I belong here. And she and she she's changed. Something has happened, which we're gonna find out in a moment what it is. Yeah. And Bick is still kinda struggling with it because yeah. he looks over at his grandson and he says,
1: You really want to know what's got my goat? my own grandson. Don't even look like one of us, honey. So help me, he looks like a little wet pack. Yeah.
0: It, it hurts to hear it at yeah. this moment. It yeah. really, really does. And then he says...
1: You know something, Leslie? There's no use my kidding, either. I'm a failure. Nothing just turned out like that plane. I just... I just feel like myself turning right out from under me.
0: And she says, I think you're
1: great. You know all that fine riding you used to do and all that fancy roping and all that glamour stuff you did to dazzle me? Oh, it was impressive. But none of it ever made you quite as big a man to me as you were on the floor of Sarge's head. When you tumbled rear wooden, landed crashing into that pile of dirty dishes, you were at last my hero. That's what you always wanted to be, you know. I love that. I really do. Because you don't always win. No. It's the fight for for the right things. He stood up and fought for for what she had
0: wanted him to fight for 30, 40 years. It took a while. And did it. Of his own accord. She yep. didn't push Absolutely. him into the fight. And it wasn't like the fight with Jet. Yeah, The fight with Jet was filled with all sorts of yes. other stuff. Yes. And this one wasn't. This was complete and it wasn't because he wasn't even fighting for Juana or for his grandson. No. He was fighting for a stranger. Yep. And Injustice. he said, And in justice. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Um and of course his response is
1: You wanna know something, Leslie. If I live to be 90 I'm never going to be able to figure you out.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He isn't. And he's right. Yeah. And then the weirdest thing is that the next, the, the end of this film is a close up of the very white skinned baby and a close up of the dark skinned baby, which is integration,
1: the future, together, not apart. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Or next to each other. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's America. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah it's America. Yeah. Side by side. And we've reached the end of Giant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was a big hit, obviously. It had, this is really weird, by the way. So 11 Academy Award nominations. Wow. Which is a lot. It is. And it only won one. Yep. Which is for Best Director for George Stevens. And and uh, both Rock Hudson and James Dean are nominated for Actor. Um, James Dean posthumously, obviously. Right. Uh, It loses Best Picture to one of the weirdest things ever, which is Around the World in 80 Days. a terrible film. I don't think it's terrible. I just think it's a dumb, stupid, kind of silly film. Terrible film. It shouldn't be Best Picture. The remake was even fucking worse. I didn't, I didn't even bother to go see it. Ugh. Even Jackie Chan was in it, and I didn't see it. Yeah. I love Jackie Chan. I think I worked on the DVD, though. Okay. Um, so I think I went through all the chapter menus and stuff, but I've never watched it. What's really weird to me is a movie that was also this year that isn't nominated for really anything is The Searchers. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Searchers is the same year. And what's interesting too is the Searchers is a difficult movie about yes. race. You know, this may have been why. Yeah. Um, well, a supposedly at you know Progressive Academy. When I look, I don't have it in front of me now, but I, you, it's one of those years where the, the awards were all split. Mm-hmm. So no film won. Nothing. Oh, nothing won a lot. Interesting. You know, because okay. the actor was one place, the actress was. place. Oh, it was, another all, place. Yeah, right, it was gotcha, all over gotcha, the place. Gotcha. All over different
1: movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it's a really, really odd. Who year. beat Rock Hudson for the actor? Then ah, I should look it up. Sorry. No, that's right. Was it John Wayne for the searchers? No, he didn't get it. Son of a,
0: John Wayne didn't won for True Grit. That's right. Um, which is ridiculous. Th- it was that. What that is a clear. Um, yeah, that's what we're gonna make it up to you, Oscar. Yeah.
1: Uh, and I'm really surprised James Dean didn't win and posthumously because most of the time when it's posthumous you win. Well, how how many examples do we have? Heath Ledger, Peter Finch. Yeah, those are the only two. Are there other Are there other posthumous nominees? I don't
0: remember. I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm looking up one thing. I can't look up two things at once.
1: <laughs> it's a schmodown, son. Come on.
0: <laughs> you get to look up things when you're on the schmodown? <laughs> no, you're
1: supposed to know before you walk through the door.
0: Uh, well, that's why I'm not on it, I guess. Oh, <laughs> this is why it's a weird year. Uh, Yul Brenner for The King and I wins Best Actor. Okay. Uh, I-, I would agree with that, actually. But it- it's, a- it's a really strange year. So, uh, supporting actor Anthony Quinn li- wins for Lust for Life. Oh, the... Uh, yeah. uh, the Vincent van Gogh film yeah. that Kirk Douglas plays. Ingrid Bergman wins for Anastasia for Best
1: Actress. Can't, can't touch that.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a really strange... And then... Um, Who wins Best Supporting Actress over Mercedes McCambridge? Um, uh, it is Dorothy Malone for Written on the Wind. Oh, I've never seen Which that. I don't know anything about that movie. Yeah, okay. yeah it's. It, I mean, it's one of those... So it's literally... I've named all different movies yeah, winning yeah. all different categories. Um, directing was... Uh, George Stevens was against Michael Anderson William Wyler for Friendly Persuasion Ooh. Walter Lang for The King and I and King Vidor for War and Peace mm-hmm. King Vidor by the way really interesting director yep uh, best picture so Around the World in 80 Days Friendly Persuasion Giant The King and I and The Ten Commandments oh my god that's a weird
1: year The Searcher is better than every, almost every one of those films do you like The Searchers better than Giant don't ask me to choose okay I can choose easily <laughs> Sure, you could.
0: Giant uh, searchers. I like the searchers better. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Um, they're
1: both really interesting films. I love both of them, and I yeah. can't stop watching when yeah. either one of them is on. Yeah, I think. I, but I do think searchers is a better film than giant. I think in, in terms of the
0: filmmaking craftsmanship, yeah. you can't. John Ford is just and the signature. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Um, John. Yes. Do you have final thoughts? Yes. This is a three-hour and twenty-minute movie podcast. Well, right. That too. But pretty incredible for a three hour and 20 minute movie to be nominated for 11 Oscars. When people talk, say nowadays, oh, movies are too long, they're too long, they're too long. Nothing is too long if you can fill it with the right material, the right performances, the right direction, the right production value, all of it. It matters. You can keep people's butts in seats in theaters if you captivate them, you know? And this film does, and it doesn't doesn't do it in the way that you see other epics do it with these spectacular sets and these massive... No, it's like long acres of land with no grass on it and one house. It is all about the performances, the issues that are being raised, the dialogue, the progression of these characters, uh, and the feeling that you're watching a piece of America as it transitions from one... Uh, time to another through the decades and the changes that happen between parents and kids so the universal themes that are explored in the movie are what makes the film still potent today in 2018 still worth a watch still worth uh, uh, it to you to watch these actors at their best as we said Rock Hudson was 29 Liz Taylor 23 James Dean around 23 as well Sal Mineo all these good Dennis Hopper all these good actors through the whole film Mercedes McCambridge all of them just captivate you, uh, help you to enjoy the film and then George Stevens, with his subtlety throughout the film of the the social just I mean the social issues that he's exploring and wanting to make you aware of it to show you um, that America, although it has its flaws, has always moved forward to be better than it was before. That's been our legacy and nothing encapsulates that more than that ending shot of the Latino baby uh, uh, the half latino baby and the white baby. Side by side in the crib. Together. Not in separate cribs. Yeah. Together. Yeah. And that matters. Well, that's what they don't know the difference. Say. Exactly. They yeah. don't know the difference and they're sharing the same piece of land. Yeah. And that's important yeah. too. So to me, all of there's so much here that's worth exploring and so much fun. To, and it's why I revisit it over and over again because it is also a very peaceful film for me to enjoy and watch uh, and I know I'm in good hands. Um, For me, it's funny. I
0: didn't love the movie watching it the first time. Okay. And... Then in watching more of it and thinking about it, and over the last week or so, it's, it's stuck with me mm. in a really strong way. Mm. And I'm trying to think of why. And one of the reasons is when I was younger, some of the books I'd like to read was I loved those big historical novels. Particularly, I read a lot of like James Mishner, these yeah. huge tomes that would start thousands of years ago and go through generation after generation. And this movie is kind of like that. This movie is we're going to go through a long period of time with this family and see the slow changes. And I really like what you said about yeah. This is America. Right. And that Bick is America. And that's really sticking with me. As, and and I think t- too, had I seen this movie in 1956, I would have loved this movie. Yeah, sure. Because this is, you know, this is one of those you gotta kind of look at it at a certain time frame. Mm-hmm. And in 1956, nobody's talking about these issues. Right. And the way it portrays it, and particularly the fact that George Stevens is not hitting you over the head with it. Mm-hmm. He is, as you say, subtle. Yeah. Is what and because James Dean and Rock Hudson are not perfect characters at all. They are flawed, and it kind of forces you to reckon with the issues in a way that you wouldn't if you had a white hat, black hat, good guy, bad guy scenario. Right? You know, it makes you kind of be uncomfortable in a really, really good way. Yeah. So it's it's Giant is growing on me, and and I'm curious if like a year from now I go like I think I need to watch Giant again, which might happen if they show it in a big screen. Yeah, let's go. We'll go. Okay, I like that idea a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so that is what we think of Giant. Of course, we'd love to hear what you think. Please visit us on our Facebook page. You can subscribe to us on YouTube, on iTunes. Leave a comment on YouTube, a review on iTunes. If you want to pick up Giant or any of the other movies we talked about or stream them, you can visit our webpage, cinephiles.net. If you want to suggest a movie, you can do so on patreon.com slash the cinephiles, and you also have access to other audio clips and hopefully some more stuff that we're trying to work out in the near future and uh
1: if you want to reach me you can do so on twitter at sr morris john where were they reaching you can always reach me at the roca says on twitter and on instagram see all the things that i'm doing all the stuff that's happening over at collider with collider sports that i'm spearheading a lot of these programs that are coming through there and of course all the stuff that i already do that i've been doing for quite some time so thanks everyone once again for being such a fantastic Patron of the Cinephiles and a listener and spreader of the word. So many people that I really want to say for just take a moment. So many people on Twitter tag other people and tell them about our show. And that's really great. And we are a grass. We are the jet rink in essence, of the podcast, because we are... Slightly less racist. Way less racist, but But we're the ones that are self-made in this way. We're not on any big network, so word of mouth from you all has generated so much interest in the show. And I, I personally, for me, from my end, I can't thank you enough. And I'm sure Steve feels the same way. So thanks to everyone who donates and to everyone who tells people about our show and listens every week. It means a lot. It is very much
0: appreciated. Yeah. And I think that's it for this week. And we will see you next time for another great film on The Cinephiles.